from worlds beyond to write at the gaming table. These are all my fantasy children. Welcome all to all my fantasy children. My name is Aaron Catano Saez. And my name is Jeff Stormer. And this is All My Fantasy Children. It's a character creation, world building, and storytelling podcast where each week Jeff asks me to tell him the plot of a film I've never seen, and I ask Jeff to tell me the plot of a musical he's never seen. It's great. It's a classic. It's a classic formula. It's a lot of great riffs, a lot of great bits. A lot of great bits. Hold on. Let me think. Let me think for a second. Make it like appropriate for for like a a really serious tabletop podcast. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> you seen Willow? I have literally no idea what that is. Right, Aaron, what's Willow about? Um, I've never even seen a trailer for whatever film Jeff's regarding. So Willow is the biopic for Willow Smith. Um, yep, that is that's yeah okay. Yeah, it's when she hit peak uh career when she was like nine for whip your hair back and forth so it's like it's kind of like Katy perry's biopic except this one is like way cuter like the there's no drama or anything it's just her going to school whipping her hair back and forth just and so like, much whipping so much whipping of the hair back yeah. and forth it's primarily comprised of whipping hair back and forth yes it's like the story of how one day she was on the swings and like she jumped out she, you know when you jump off the swing when it hits yeah, like the right, high yeah. point? And she hit the ground, her head went forward, and she noticed how her hair fell right in front of her face. And she's like, oh my god, we got a million dollar hit. Except that's an hour three, yeah, because that, it's a four hour movie. It's a four hour movie, and they don't really get to, it's, they have to do a lot of build up. And they yeah. do the thing that music biopics do, where it starts out, she's like an old lady. Yep. And like her last concert. <laughs> yep. And she's got to buy back for her whole life. <laughs> and it goes back to that one moment. But the whole movie of Willow is just Willow Smith as an old lady kind of in back going reverse the time to get to the point where she jumped off that swing at hour four, whips her hair in front of her head is like, oh, my God, the rest of my life is now planned out. Yep, that sounds about right. So how accurate is that on a scale it's, of one uh, to Zero. Zero percent. <laughs> what is Willow? It's a, it's a fantasy movie with... um. With the the actor that played Wicket from Return of the Jedi as sort of a oh, magical you know, I halfling. I can't help with that. I've never even I've seen like ten minutes of Return of the Jedi. It's it's sort of a Lord of the Rings riff. It's got some fantasy elements in it. There they go through a magical world. I don't remember the details super well, but yeah. I remember that that it does not involve Willow Smith. Well, and it is know, in fact from the nineteen eighties. Oh well, then definitely it doesn't involve Willow Smith. Can I ask you about, uh, Jeff, what is the musical Sunday in the Park with George about? Well, it's about Sundays in the Park with George. Of course. With every Sunday, it's sort of a, um, what it is, is George <laughs> goes to the park every Sunday. Okay, you're not wrong so and, far. Uh, we sort of just, we, you know, we, we have a, a reporter who really needs to learn a little <laughs> bit about how to live. And he thinks he knows, ev- he thinks just- he knows everything. And then he meets George. And they spend their Sundays in the park together. And you know what? <laughs> it's We think it's the reporter that's learning a little bit about life. But really? I think it's us. Jeff, I think it's us, Aaron. You know, okay. So Sunday in the Park with George is about George Seurat, who drew the pointillism painting. Okay. And it's about him coming to the park every Sunday and drawing the people that are there and putting them in his painting and, like, he has versions of them and they, you know, he he assumes their stories and like he overhears their conversations and he paints them into his painting. So like if there was a reporter, like you'd kind of be right. <laughs> I, 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 I was sort of just going, I figured it was just sort of a Tuesdays with Maury, but set in a park. And so I don't know no. how close or far that is from accurate. I mean, I don't know what Tuesdays with Maury is, but I know that it comes on at like 11 a.m. on the WB. <laughs> it does. And it's like, a, it's a, it's a, it's a made for TV movie. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> okay, we have to get to the prompt. Do we have a prompt this week, Aaron? Is that a thing that we, we do. still do? Okay, so what we do is we take a listener prompt and create an original fantasy story and inject it into our beautiful fantasy world called fantasy. The prompt this week is comes to us from Magical Girl Kira. Hello. The prompt is for ages, the woman who runs the tiny store down the lane has bought and sold voices. 
That's pretty cool. I'm into that. That's, there's a magical mystery there that I'm pretty into. I'll be yes. honest. I, I'm pretty excited about this. So the first thought that has come into my head is this is a bard that has gone like dark, like has been corrupted and is mm. doing evil shit. I don't even know if it's necessarily evil. I think it's just that like it's sort of a dark and mysterious bargain because it says that she's not stealing voices. Yes, buy and sell. It's buying and selling. So it's somebody is selling their like she has made a deal. You know, it might be a sinister deal, but I don't it doesn't feel outright evil to me that to say that it sounds like somebody just like was like to buy something implies that she got something that she had she had something to give. Yes. To start that exchange. And so it sounds like it's an e- like I'm kind of picturing sort of an equal trade. Like a pawn shop. Of yeah, voices. kind of like you want something. You want some form of power. You give me your voice. Oh, I will give this voice to somebody else who wants that who wants a new voice. And they will give me something else of power and will keep this exchange going. Okay. And and this is happening. It says for ages the woman this woman has done this. For ages. It says for ages the woman in the store has bought and sold voices. Hmm. Okay. So how did the, the how did this start? I think is a is a decent place to begin. Duh. Like in the sound of music, a very good place to start. So we know we know kind of where she is in the present. She's been there for a long time. Do we want to kind of flesh out? Do we want to kind of pull a thing where we flesh out the background and then I absolutely think sort of that, get there? Yeah, because this is someone for ages has bought and sold voices. And we're saying it's not like a negative exchange, but it is like a dark and mysterious practice. Yeah, it's definitely sort of a, I would, I would call it, you know, like mystical or like sorceress kind yes. of thing. Yeah. It's sort of a devil's bargain, I think, a little bit. It's like you sell your voice, you sell something, something that is that is deep and personal to you. And you get something back that is, you know, powerful and arcane that she can offer you. Yeah, and someone else can buy that voice in exchange for something powerful. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I think, wh- where should we start? What's a good place? Uh, I've got in front of me the Pathfinder background generator oh, tables. Oh, yes. Those are good. We haven't used those in a little bit. We haven't used them in a while. What kind of dice do I need? Uh, we'll start with a D100. Because we'll go through her, we'll go through her uh, family, homeland, and childhood. Ooh, I like that. What uh, what ancestry is she? All right. What culture is she from? Eighty-three. Oh, was that that was a question. That wasn't a table. Oh shit. Okay. Unless we want, unless we want to make it something unusual. Hmm. Like what? Uh, an eighty-three would be a kitsune. What is that? Sort of a fox spirit. Oh, well, okay, then we have a mystical beast person who is, yeah, like, Yeah, we have a fox. mystical beast person, a fox person. Oh, hell yeah. Known for their love of trickery and art. That feels right. I like that. I, I okay, awesome. So this is happening in Iron Hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the sort of the outskirts of Iron Hill, sort of a off-the-beaten-path. That store that you've looked over 14, to 14 times and the 15th time, just when you're really needing to find it, that's when you notice the door and you notice, like, the store full of weird gems with beads on the door, in the door frame. Question. Does it only appear if you're looking for it? Is it, or is it always there and it's just kind of unassuming? I think it's always there. I don't think it's unassuming because I think when you finally notice it, you have that moment of, like, how have I never seen this before? Mm. How have I never... How have I never had this moment before? Yeah. Like, how have I never found my way to this store? But I think, like, if you're not, I, I kind of like that it, it it doesn't only appear if you're looking for it, but you only notice it if you're, like, active. If you are not, how to best explain it? If you need to find it, but you're not looking for it. Gotcha. Like, if you're like, I want to find the store where I can buy a voice, you will never, you will look over the store a hundred times. If you're just like, I just want the, you know, it's kind of, I'm picturing almost to your point about it being kind of dark and devilish. I'm kind of picturing that like where that, you know, I would sell my soul for a really good donut and then yeah, say yeah. beers. Yes. I'm picturing that where it's just like, I wish, I just wish I had something. And then you look and you're like, that store's always been there, but I've never noticed it before. 
So it's kind of like this this woman who buys and sells voices kind of like hears or feels or detects like your innermost desires mm-hmm. and is like, oh, the, the store appears when you have that. Yeah, like when, when, you, that, when you have that moment. Yeah, I when like When you that. have that pull, that desire, it's so that's kind of so is it like fueled by really strong desire? I kind of think so. I like that. I like that 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 element a lot. Good. Awesome. Okay. So now now can we can start the pathfinder or yeah 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 awesome let's see uh let's put her in an un- let's have her from an unusual homeland like that yeah. give me a d100 roll 95 from the tundra oh oh interesting okay so where it's cold it's she's she's from the cold i'm gonna i'm gonna throw out a detail yes please She's from the opposite uh, side of the world as Glaciana. Oh, I like that. So, like another pole, basically. Yeah. Like for lack of a better term, for our like another understanding. pole. Yeah. Okay, and it's just what is it? Okay, so we can make tundra mean anything. Yeah. Is the other pole cold or is it hot? Uh, it could be. I I don't even know if I necessarily think it's another pole. I think it might just be another like frozen area. Okay, cool. I like that. So. It's another frozen area that she comes from, or yeah. is, is it a region? Hmm. So this is something I like. Yeah. I like in fantasy when there's a region that's like shrouded in mystery. Mm-hmm. Like not so much like the ruined lands, but kind of like something else where there's like cities in this place, in this region, but it's kind of like almost as if like secret societies built a kingdom. Mm-hmm. You know, where they're all shrouded in secrecy and everything is kind of, can you not even, could you not even get to the, okay, so this idea that feeding on your biggest desire makes the place appear to you, right? The mm-hmm. shop. What if that was the case with this inci- entire city? I like that. That's pretty cool. Where there's this field around it that like you can only find it. You can only get to it if that is what you seek, if that's what, mm-hmm. or if there's something in the city that you desire most. Yeah, I like that a lot. And she's you, you just... Can't, you can't find it if you're hunting it. You can only kind of find it if you're supposed to be there. And she's brought that magic to Iron Hill for yeah. her shop. Because that's, I think that's kind of like where like the underground market might come in in fantasy. Yeah. Where it's like, these are popping up. These are, they're they're in multiple places. These types of, they all sell different stuff and they all have different services. But this kind of desire-based magic is in a lot of places. And this is just happens to be the shop in Iron Hill that sells voices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you want to call this kingdom now? Hmm. Is it just called desire? Um, um, trying to think of just word association. The uncovered place. Ooh, okay. So the city is called the uncovered place. The uncovered place. I like that. Okay, so that's where she's from. And it's shrouded in it's shrouded in snow and ice as and it is in a spot that's not a pole because it, it makes it kind of unusual it adds that kind of unusual energy. Mm-hmm. And it's very much like you just see it. You know, you know, it's this place that is swirling snowstorms and sandstorms, and it's just you can't really travel. But if you are, if you have business there, if you are meant to be to uncover the uncovered place, then that weather opens up and you can find, you can navigate your way. I like it. Like some people think that they've seen a mirage, but they might have just gotten a glimpse of the city for a second. Because they were looking for something and they needed to find it. But then they, then they started looking for it and started hunting it. And that's when it fades. You can only find it when you're not actively looking for it. It's a magic eye painting, essentially. Uh, of course it is. When when you look at the unwanted place long enough, Jeff, you see ponies running through the meadow. Yep. These ponies. Um, so this, this woman was born there? Yes. So does that mean anything special? I don't think so. No, she just happens to be able to, I mean, because... She can obviously see it all the time because she's in it. Like, I think yeah. once you're in it, you're in it. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Once you've been there, it's it's there. Yeah. Like, you don't have to wake up every morning like, I hope I can see the, what is it called? The uncovered place. I hope I can see the uncovered place that you have to play yeah. today. So, she was born there. Mm-hmm. So, that means people live there permanently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's Normal like, I think, a city, like a city there, yeah. Okay. And what brought her to Iron Hill? 
What did bring her to Iron Hill? Oh. I'm trying to think of something like a table or an idea that get. You want? We have quest tables. I've got. We could find out what her parents' professions were, but uh, yeah, yeah let's roll I mean, that. Why not? Give me a D hundred roll. Sixty-three. Trades people. So this is something that runs in her family. Is people yes. is is people from the uncovered place like appear like I, I i kind of picture it as more like appearing than like traveling mm-hmm. yeah absolutely you're just kind of there now and like i think it's that you know her fair her parents her parents were sort of trades people she is sort of a trades person it is a family business it is something that that has been kept up for generations of like you find people who want something you find a way to give it to them and you find what they are willing to part with and she has simply done that with the skills that she have that are kind of mystical, as opposed to maybe her parents' skills were like, we sell blankets. <laughs> okay. All right, so she ends up in Iron Hill because her parents ended up there? Yeah, maybe. Or maybe she liked just a part, maybe she, this was just where business was. I'm trying to think of, so her parents are in the uncovered place. Yes. They run a shop that's the mundane for lack yep. of a better term, like, you know, just selling stuff. They have, like, a junk store. Yeah. She, what is her name? Hmm. Hmm, something cool. She sells fucking voices. Um. Alundra Foxfire. God, what the fuck? That, y'all, I did not edit. That happened in real time that fucking quickly. Alundra? Foxfire. Oh, my God. Okay, so Alundra grows up, uh, you know, learns the way of trade. This is kind of part of her life. I'm wondering where the mystical part comes in. Because Do making this this power is mysterious. Sorry, what were you saying? Do we want to roll on a major childhood event? I do. I do. We're Let's getting just see there. where this story goes. I feel like we're just, we're experiencing yeah. this character's life and we'll kind of like figure out a lot of stuff on the fly. Yeah. I have a lot of tables to roll on. We're having cool. a real sort of central casting experience here. I'm about it because right now I'm kind of like, I don't want to just, like, kind of wing it. Like, she ends up in Iron Hill because... Uh, something we've said in the past episodes. Like, I'm willing to th- take a roll, take a chance in these tables. Let's do it. Give me a D100. 70. A magical gift. When you were a child, you found, stole, or were giving a magical item that gave you an extraordinary ability. You may have used this item for mischief, crime, or good. Since that time, magic items have always held a special fascination for you. Can I give you a twist on everything we've kind of said? Yes. Alundra Foxfire, as a child, finds a magical item, a bauble, you know, what have you. I think in her parents' junk store. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think the uncovered place is is a place that you could visit, but Alundra Foxfire and her ma- this item are the reason why it's based on your deepest desires. Mm. And why that is, is I think there's a threat to the city. Mm-hmm. And she kind of has to hide it away. Like, she saves the city by making it something that you can't just... What I think is some outside presence wanted something in the city. Wanted Mm -hmm. to take it over. Wanted to destroy it. Invade something. Mm -hmm. And Alundra Foxfire saved the city by, I don't know, shrouding it in this... Okay, can I give you a pitch? Yeah. It is... Her parents deal in junk. She finds what? What's the magical item, you think? What is the magical item? Because I think that'll help us out and what fuels, like, what is the, because I know what it is. Like, she she's able to hide something away, large or small, only to people who have a des- deep desire to find it. What I'm seeing is a Lunder Foxfire, child who lives in the uncovered place. That's not its name right now. And it's a small, it's like a merchant community. You know what I mean? Like living yeah. out in this tundra and people come and that's that's how they get by is trading is, you know, exchanging goods. It's kind of like a not a junk city, but everybody trades. their like baubles that have kind oh, of yeah. like it's well, a, I'm it's thinking a, it's like a, a, it's a barter town. Sure. Yeah. I'm thinking like things sort of wash up here, like in yeah. through the wind, through the water, through the sands. Things are pulled to this location. And so there's lots of stuff. Some things are worth a fortune. Some things are mighty magical items and stuff stuff's just junk Mm -hmm. so she finds this staff in her parents like junk garage you know they have their goods on display selling them she's poking through the back looking for something her parents tell her to go get 
go get the blanket of artificing. And she finds this staff. And I think when she taps it on the ground and she focuses really hard on like the distance, it kind of makes like a, like a, not a mist, but kind of like a wave come out of it that kind of wraps whatever she needs around her to kind of hide it away. So I have here a magical item called the looking, just randomly generated name called the Dancer's Perfume Vial. Okay. That kind of fits in with that if you want to make it something a little different. Yeah, absolutely. That she just squeezes this perfume vial and this like fog kind of lingers. Ooh. That just basically like obscures things. But then like when she opens her eyes, the only thing not obscured by the fog is this blanket that she's looking for. Okay. That's very good. See how things get made collaboratively, listeners. Mm-hmm. So what do you want to call it? Hmm. Does it gotta have a good name? Mirage something. What's a good perfume word? Eau de Mirage. Mist of the Mirage. Mist of the Mirage is very good. Mist of the Mirage uh, is something she puffs. And mm-hmm. depending on how many squeezes, I think maybe, you know, or it's just like a controlled thing. It's linked to her mind or something. You spray. I think I think just one squeeze is all it kind of takes. Yeah. And then it's just sort of like that fog just fills the air and like lingers on things and lands on things. Okay. And I have an idea. Oh, that's so good. Okay, and the reason why the city is hidden away, Jeff, is you said, like, you know, one puff is all you need, but this place is windy. This place, there's sandstorms, you said, Mm -hmm. and uncontrollable. So she puffs it a few times, and it hides the entire city away accidentally. This wasn't intentional, to hide away the un... What's it called? The uncovered place. The uncovered place. The mirage mist, it kind of gets out of control. This was an accident. Mm -hmm. She's just looking for this fucking blanket, but I think puffs it too many times... And the wind catches it from this place and swirls and swirls. And soon the entire city is hidden away. Mm-hmm. And it becomes this mystical place. People think it's just a regular city where people trade. Mm-hmm. But it's become like a magical, mystical. You know, if I lived in a magical city, like, you know, in fantasy where there's like, it's a mystical city of mm-hmm. shadow. To me, it would just be a fucking where I live. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the case here, where it's hidden away by your what? Like if you're looking for it, you can find it, but as soon as you hunt for it, you lose it, and it's because of the, it's because of Alundra Firefox's accident with the mist mirage mist. So I think what I think what that says to me is that tells me why she's in Iron Hill, mm. which is that she's on the run. Oh my! Like God. she has done this thing because what? Because think about this: what is a barter town? That you can't find. Oh, it's it's not doing great. Like, That's it's what. a town that, like, she has basically, like, hidden this town from the world by using this magic item that she didn't fully understand in a moment, in a moment where, like, this, I'm picturing these, like, snowstorms and sandstorms as, like, kind of magical. Yeah. And sort of, like, a, like, kind almost like a rift in reality has torn and, like, mm-hmm. snow and sand from other worlds are blowing in. So she blows it. It hits these, like, swirling masses of reality, and suddenly this town is just sort of fading in and out of existence a little bit. It's sort of, like, there and not there, and it's in different parts of the world, and you just have to follow this sandstorm and the snowstorm, and it's just wherever these rifts open is that's where the uncovered place is. And that's why it kind of, like, appears to travelers all over the world. And she did this. She did this without think- without knowing what she was doing, and now she kind of has to just stay put and do her work and use her magic and, like, make deals and make connections and talk to people who want things. Because if she talks to the right person who wants something, if she has the voice of someone that wants something, maybe she can find it again. And now that she's been practicing magic for a lifetime, oh, undo something and fix it because that gives me you just said like um so this makes me think that she's iron hill because she's looking for the right item or the right Mm -hmm. is she looking for the right voice i think she's looking for the right voice i think she's looking for the voice of the person that wants a thing that could bring them to the uncovered place okay and if and if she has their literal that specific person's physical voice or is it like you know, this person can, she's looking for something that can call to it, that can whistle to it. I, I, you know what I mean? That kind of idea. I'm trying to think of why you would take and buy and sell people's voices, like their literal voice, and trade it for incredibly powerful magical items. Is she, because it's, why is it voices? You know what I mean? 
I think it's because it's because it's the only way to it's you know it's the way to take on take on that sort of an aspect of a person that that is looking for something you know a piece of a personality can be hidden in a voice right in the same way that it can be hidden in the eyes it can be hidden in the posture a voice contains a part of who we are and so she's looking for like some the person that is looking for something if she can just have a piece of it right and the voice is what she can what she has figured out how to like harness and maybe store in a separate perfume jar and that's what she had and that's all she has to go on i think it's sort of i think it's sort of a desperation move yeah i was about to say cuz it doesn't sound like the, like it's going to be very successful to be honest where it's like if i can pull is if i can get is, is she okay does she have like a hundred vials of banaka behind her like with different voices in them i think so i think she just has hundreds of jars and she'll sell you a voice for a price but does she need it? Like, if she were to breathe in the binaca like Minty Mist, could she speak in their voice? Is I it... think so. I think that's how it works. Okay. And if she gets, what, the right one? It's like playing the fucking lottery. It's like playing... I mean, it's, it's you know, that's business. It's every every voice brings her a little... Every voice brings her a little closer to the, to the voice of the person that will find the uncovered place. That if she can call out, if she can call out to her home with just the right inflection, it might, it might open itself up to her and she might be able to use what she's learned to make it right. Is it someone with like the specific dialect of the uncovered place? Like someone from home? Is that what makes the city stay in one place? If she were like to command it to stop? I almost think it's not. Okay. Because I almost think it's. I almost think it's uh it's the it's not a an accent or like a specific person so much as it is because we said the uncovered place much like her shop because she's using the mist of the mirage is it's it's got to be tied to someone who wants someone who has something to sell would be oh that they would find the uncovered place so she's looking for the voice of someone that is looking for something or has something okay some 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 wielder of a magic item, someone with power, someone who could pierce that veil and sort of part, part those mists and find her way. This this sort of makes a lot of sense, Jeff. What you're saying is because we said that the 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 shop itself is obviously sprayed by the mist of the mirage, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's hidden away unless people have a deep desire, the same desire that would make someone go like you know what I mean. And I think the people who are able to find the shop are the type of people who would be able to find the uncovered place. Yeah. And that's why she's there. And she's just looking for someone, you know, if you find your way to the shop, she wants to work with you, right? Mm-hmm. Because she, you have that you have that want in your voice. And now she has, has to know that your want is strong enough to bring the uncovered place to you. Other people just come to buy voices there because they want to get rid of their own or gain a voice of their own. Mm-hmm. Okay. Perhaps someone wants to be a famous opera singer. Perhaps a famous opera singer wants to walk away from fame and is tired of is tired of the crowds. Perhaps someone perhaps someone wants to be the greatest duelist in the world and their voice is a certain you know that their voice was something they would trade. Who's to say I wouldn't get slashed in the throat anyway? You make a deal and her point of interest is I want your voice. I love it. I like it a lot. I think it's cool. Hmm. Cuz I'm trying to think now what uh, well, we know, we know, okay, so we know where she is and why she's there. Yeah. I want to know how she sort of got to be kind of cool and this ma- cool magical ability as sort of an ordinary merchant who stumbled on a magic item. Yeah. So I want to roll on the Oracle backgrounds. Oh, hell yes. Oracles do not choose their path. The Oracle's mystery chooses her in the midst of a climactic event that marks them with an abiding curse. Oh fuck. Oh, so if this I love if that. this curse if this curse is the ability to take someone's voice yeah. or to give someone another voice. That we we just have to know like what happened to her to kind of give her that that strange unnatural ability. I'm into it. All right, give me a D100. 82 waves. You were swept beneath the surface of the water once. You should have drowned, but instead you washed up on the shore after a long interval. You emerged from the depths afflicted with a strange condition, but otherwise unharmed. Oh, this make okay. So, oh, that's real good. 
because what we described her where she's from as. Okay, so what what I'm picturing is, and I want to know what you're thinking from this too, because this is real good. This Mm -hmm. is like the coolest fucking table. When she's in the city that becomes the uncovered place, she sprays the mist, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The storms rage and maybe blow the city away, and all that's left is her. And then the storm rages on and rages on, and she's caught up in it and like swept up in sandstorms, swept up in a, you know, in a tsunami. And when she emerges from this crashing of what you said is like, you know, they're from different worlds, these sands, different parts of the world. And when they kind of converge on her, she emerges in the shore of Iron Hill mm-hmm. different than when she came out. This and why and it's just the ability to take a voice? I think so. Okay. And the ability to like I think she is more mist than person now. Okay. Right? Like it's why she's able to take your voice and put it in the same sort of perfume vial from which came the mist of the mirage. Which I think I think we're in agreement now that the mist is the magical thing, not the vial, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, she's able to like she these I mean because we had said the mist had be, had it had swirled up in this storm. So she emerged as this mist. She is the vessel. She's the vial now. She is the mist of the mirage now, which is why her whole store is shrouded in this in this mist. It is why it is why she has this ability to take your voice and transmute it into this mist. It is why she is and it is also why she is like looking to the skies and saying like I will find a way to conjure the mist that made me who I am that can bring my home back that I can finally find a way to perhaps control it and perhaps quell it once and for all. Perhaps make right what I did. But it takes the right voice. Yep. It takes the it takes the voice of someone who wants something powerful enough to find the uncovered place. I fucking love that. Yeah. I'm into that. Wow. Cool. So she she is the mist of the mirage. Oh she my god. She is the mist of the mirage. Oh, it's so good. She is the mist of the mirage. Is there another table? Uh, there are several more tables. Do we want to know about an influential associate? No. I don't know about okay. that. What about a moral conflict relationship and or drawback? I would love a, a conflict with this, a moral okay. conflict. Because she's not bad, but like she is, like this deal kind of sucks. Like for mm-hmm. some, you know, it's a matter of opinion, honestly, whether or not like the great acts of power is in an equal exchange to your fucking voice. Give me a d20 for a conflict. Seven. Major theft. You stole several smaller inexpensive items that once belonged to someone else. I mean, that sounds like she stole the mist. Like, that sounds like it was not hers to use, and that's why she used it, and that's why it went wrong. Oh, my. Maybe that's part of why she has to get home, is because she has to return this, and that's going to be how how she makes it right. Oh, okay, I have an idea. All right. So she's in the city that becomes the uncovered place. Um, She's in the marketplace, hanging out, you know, exploring. And she, what she, I'm thinking, like, um... Aladdin touch nothing but the lamp scenario where Mm -hmm. like she sees something that catches her eye and it's a large vase container of like glowing swirling blue purple you know magenta mist and she can't help but you know I think sneak back behind the marketplace and maybe take a few drops and put it in like a perfume container Mm -hmm. because I'm thinking she has to return what is now inside of her to the place where it came yeah. And so if she could get it back to that, like, you know, bottle it back up and it source this mist, is it that mm-hmm. kind of thing? Or does it come from, like, a well? It comes from a crater? It comes... Yeah, I, I, like, I like that. I like that she has to basically return... Like, she stole the mist. From, like, a, someone who was selling it. Like, someone was selling this crazy, yeah. powerful item. Because that's what you do in... I'm going to call... We're going to call it scrap. Oh, yeah. Scrap with two Ps. Of course. Just making sure that's noted. Yeah. Scrap. And I'm picturing a vaguely Mad Max aesthetic, because I had said Barter Town earlier. Oh, absolutely. So I think Mad Max is the aesthetic of Scrap. Perfect. Because especially because they're living in these swirling sandstorms and snowstorms and tsunamis. They're all kind of leather jackets and bundled up with scarves and goggles. It's kind of cool looking. It's a challenge. It's a tough place. You don't fuck around in Scrap. And that's why I think this... Okay. So initially, it sounds like she's stealing voices, right? Mm-hmm. I think stealing in scrap is like the highest offense. Oh, yeah. Because it's a place where you buy and sell, right? Like mm-hmm. trading is life. It is everything. 
So if you're a fucking thief, that's like the lowest of the low, biggest asshole. You're ruining everything. Yeah. So something about, you know, like a little kid of like 15, 12, you know, being like, so, okay, so what was it? I think she sees this, Alundra sees this just alluring, what, thing? And she's like, I have to have it. Like a little kid does, and you take something that doesn't belong to you. Here's what I'm going to pitch, because she's a kid. Yeah. She just squeezes the vial. Mm. She sees the thing, she sees this swirling thing, and she's like, squeeze, mine now. And it's not quite stealing, you know, I, it, but it is at the same time, she didn't pay for it. Yeah. But it's, it's, I don't even think it's the stealing that is the thing that makes everything go wrong. No. I think it's that, like, the person, the seller of these items had their back turned to her. Yes. And, I was, wasn't yes. Able, and wasn't able to be like, well, it wasn't able to be like, hey, this is a magical thing that will, like, obsc- you know, explain this. She squeezes it, and by the time they turn around and go, no, like, this, the mist is swirling in a sandstorm. Yeah. I got the idea of, like, sneaking behind the stall, like, the merchant mm-hmm. stall, and, like, to the prettiest thing and squeezing it just like a little yeah. kid would touch. Yeah. And it causes a massive catastrophe. And that's just it. Like, her childhood was marked by causing this massive catastrophe that transformed Scrap into the uncovered place, into this, like, magical, like, mystical place that is hidden from the world. And now she has to try and make that right. By gathering voices that hopefully will find one. That will, that will open, that will, that will expose this city to her. By using it. Because she would have to use their voice, yes? Yes. And that's part of it also is that, like... She knows that she would have to use that voice. It, she, it wouldn't be enough just to have it. She would yeah. have to use, she has, and so it, it becomes a matter of like, I think she has to talk to you for a long time. Yeah. And like, hear your voice and hear the longing in it and hear what you're after and hear like, whether you're looking for, for the uncovered place or if you're just looking or if you're just, or if your want is just large enough to open up the store, but not large enough to 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 break the walls of reality and be like okay i will take your voice but your voice is of no value to me yeah i'm only using it to trade yeah your yours is a barter voice and then she finally will one day hear that voice that is, that that spit that sings to her that is honey in her ears and she will say this is mine this is mine now this i am i'm going to trade this voice for me and I'm going to breathe in this voice and I'm going to call out to the uncovered place and it is going to open to me and I'm going to go home and I'm going to put this mist that is inside of me, inside this this vial. And hopefully Scrap will settle where it started and this will all be over. So what that tells me is that it is a very sad tale. It of is, someone for sure. who, one, she has, Lundra has no idea what her original voice sounds like anymore. Mm-hmm. She's, gone, gone. Th- she's gone through thousands and hun- like hundreds of millions of voices she, now she is basically a vessel of mist mm-hmm. uh, using the voice of people who have, you know what I mean? What that would do to you is a challenging thing. Like that's, it's it's an incredibly sad story to me because mm-hmm. it's someone who just keeps kind of losing over and over in this eternal like grind to find what you really want and to make things right. She had to give up pretty much herself to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I don't know, it bums me out in a good way. I like sad stories sometimes. I mean, it's a story of, like, punishment, sort of, mm-hmm. but it's it just sucks, you know, that she has to do this now and, like, kind of trick people. Do you think she's tricking people? I, I don't think she's tricking people. Because there is a trade. Because she, she, she makes it clear what you're, what you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. She's not Ursula. No. She's making it clear, like, you will give your voice to me and you will not have the voice that you had when you walked in. And, I, and in exchange, I will give you a new voice. I will give you... You know, an object, I will give you an object of power. I will give you what you want. We will work out the terms of an agreement. And in exchange, you will walk out of here without the voice that you had. Damn. And people, and it's a, it's a tough bargain to make, I think, for some people. I think there are people that f- would say this, they would say, easy. I, I came here to give away my voice. You can, you can have it for, you can have it for the gold in your satchel. Damn. Wow. And I think what's cool is uh, for ages, the woman who runs the Chinese store down the lane has bought and sold voices, that this is like a generational story. Mm-hmm. It's like if my grandfather would have visited Alundra Foxfire, he would have met someone completely different, had a completely different voice, 
yep. you know, would have been a different hooded figure, you yep. know, in the yep. store than I did. And it's this mystical, like, experience that only you have. Yeah. It's different to every person. Fuck. I think one, you know, one person sees, one person sees beads and gems. One person sees record, sees rats, like racks of records and old, old CD players. One person sees a hip coffee shop. One, and the, it, I think the store changes with the voice, like with her voice. With her voice and your desire. Yeah, it changes. Where those two meet, the store appears. Yeah, and it, and it, and it, the store change, like, she changes the layout of the store based on, like, who, like, the voice and the desires that she has taken on. Oh, I love the fact that that has just made the finding scrap again is going to take the merging of the perfect desire and the perfect voice. Yep. When those two meet, scrap will kind of appear again mm-hmm. if Alundra Foxfire calls to it. Yeah. Fuck. It's real good. We got there. Can we, got we there. can we roll on D and D tables? Is that possible? Yes, or do let we... me open up. Let me open up. Let me open them up. Because I I feel really good about this story. Is sick. We got it was a hard one. We got there. I'm really proud of us. Yeah, we've got collector. Do we want to know what she co- like what she collects in addition to voices? Uh, yeah. Uh, give me a D12 for like what her tiny collection is. All right, D12. Eleven. Butterflies. She collects butter things with butterflies on them. Whatever the layout of her store, I think that's what catches your attention. Like there's Ooh. a butterfly like flits by your face and you're like, oh, there's that store. And you walk in and there's just butterflies on everything. I love butterflies that. floating around the coffee steamer. And then if somebody else goes in and it's like an opera, like an opera store, there's like fluttering around, you know, musical instruments flittering off of weapon off of antique weapons when it's an antique weapon shop. Ooh. And it's just, no matter what it is, there are just butterflies around. And no, this isn't a metaphor for metamorphosis. No. It's just butterflies. Just butterflies. Yeah. It's just an odd detail. It's a lovely detail. Every time she, like, opens her coat, like, to sit, butterflies. (laughs) Yep. Okay, give me a D8 for a personality trait. Three. I often correct people about... I was hoping you get this, because I have a real strong pitch for it. I often correct people about my collection. Oh. She does not, it is not a devil's bargain. She has, and she has to explain this because I think there are myths of the person that will steal your voice away in a bargain or the person that will like steal away a part of who you are in a bargain. Oh, of course. Cause there'd be people who regret dealing with a Lundra Foxfire and like, you know, spread a rumor. And I think there are rumors and there are myths and there are people who are apprehensive. So she is very, it's part of why she's very upfront. She's like, no, no, I am not trying to trick you. Here are the terms. You agree to this. You can walk. And she's like, you can walk out. I will, I will never, I will not bother you. You will not be contacted again. She, she had, there are definitely rumors spread about her that paint her as like a stealer of things or a trickster. And she's very much like, I am a business person. This is a transaction. Absolutely. You want something. I want something. We make a deal. We are both happy. Because keep in mind, the store works. If you want it, she appears. It's based on your desire. She's not luring you in. Mm -hmm. She just appears when you when you want it most. The mist of the mirage will open itself to you. Like the it will the shop will appear to you. It's not Mm -hmm. like a trail of breadcrumbs leading to a candy house. It's like if I wanted to eat the candy fucking house, it would appear, and then I got to eat it with a you know she gets a piece of the pie. Yeah, and she gets she gets something in return. She she and she has she is very eager to correct that. You know, if you come in and you're like, "Are you going to steal my voice?" She's like, "I would never steal anything." Oh, that's real good. I'm going to sell you something. We are going to trade for something, and it is going to be a fair trade. If you accuse her of stealing, she gets real defensive. You will never see that place again. All of a sudden, you're just back on the street. Mm-hmm. Because that is the highest offense. Mm-hmm. Give me a D6 for an ideal. Animal D6. Go! Six eagle. Boredom. It gives me something to do. Wait, what does? No, I love this. Here's here's my pitch. We She's on this quest, right? Yeah. But she knows that it will take her entire life. She Because it's like you said, it's playing the lottery. She knows that she might never actually accomplish it. And so she's like, so in the meantime... I have fun with it. You know, I seek out, you know, people come, I hear their stories, I make a deal. 
I give them the voice that will that will help them be the person they want to be. I give them the voice that will brighten their life. You know, I I find joy in this strange role that I've been cast in because it gives me something to do. I'm going it's going to take me it's going to take me decades to find the right voice to call to the uncovered place. In the meantime, if I can have fun with it, if I can help a person or two, if I can hear an interesting story, if I can make an interesting deal, that's something to do. You're that's right. a way to pass the time. You're absolutely right, because it's not like it doesn't have to be some tale of damnation. Like, no, clearly she's acquired a shit ton of magical items that have like tremendous power. So it's yeah. like she does do this, do this trade because she loves it as well. Like, I, I, I don't even know if it's here's the thing. I, I, I think there's a I think there's a beauty in her not loving it, but in being OK with it and saying this is fine. You know, I have a higher calling. Yeah. And I'm here for a purpose. But this is OK, too. Yeah, if this is how the cards fell, that's fine. Yeah, and her saying, like, I am not, you know, uh, this is not my, this is not where I, I am meant to be, but I am here, so let's have fun with it. I really like that. I like it, too. I think there's a beauty in her not, I, we have a lot of characters that, like, fall into a place and realize it's what they love, and I like that this is a character that fell into a place and said, no, I still want this other thing, but I'm also not, I'm I'm happy with this, but I'm not, like... I would never give up the other thing that I'm after. Yeah, like, in the meantime, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm not going to yeah. make it. I'm not going to live every... I'm going to live my life, damn yeah, it. Like, like, I'm, I'm going pa- to do this. I'm going to do this. It's going to make me happy. And then one day, if I am smart and I am good at my job, something good will happen. And in the meantime, I'm going to acquire cool magical items, meet cool yeah. people, and give them what they want. I'm going to have an interesting life. I'm not going to... I'm going to make the most of this, sing- this situation that I'm in. I dig it. I dig that a lot. Give me a d6 for a bond. Three frog. I want to spread my knowledge to all. Hmm. It's it's what we said. She's do it. She wants to hear stories and make deals and bring this and and also she wants to bring scrap back to life and bring it to the world yeah because it's from a it's from a different age yes like the, it's from a time ago and i think it was fucking great mm-hmm. is the thing and there's there's a place for it in whatever era of fantasy that she's in in iron hill like there really is a need for this place and this this place to be known about and it's it's lost in time it's lost in mm-hmm. existence and to bring it back would be to spread who she is and, you know, the art of bartering, the art of trading and collecting and valuing things and keeping baubles and, you know what I mean? Like in building a community on trade that isn't like competitive and terrible. Yeah. And I think that's a cool thing that she wants to kind of like, no, like I'm doing this because I want my city back and because like the world kind of needs it. Yeah. That's kind of cool. I like that. Give me a D6 for a flaw. All right. Three frog again. I am jealous of other collections. I have, I have, an, I have a pitch. Hit me. This isn't that fun. Like I'll be honest. Sure. sure. And I think when she goes, you know, misting at night, flying through the city, basically, like you know, drifting in the clouds, watching, you know, watching people exist and live their life, or just walking around the town as this, you know, spectral fox. It it doesn't feel great knowing that like these people have a place that's their home. And they live in it. And you know what I mean? It's that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, she's jealous of the fact that, you know, I think that's what taught her to be, like, to love where she is and enjoy this journey. Is for a long time, when she was younger, starting out, like, you know, trying to find this voice that'll call her city back, a lot of it was envy. A lot of it was, well, like, these people get to live their lives and where they want to be and they get to do exactly what they want to do. But I'm burdened with the task of blah, 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 blah. And this level of bitterness and envy and I think she grew to really kind of push that out when she started meeting people and realizing that people were coming to her being like, I want this because I'm perhaps envious of that opera singer. I want it. I want to be in the pageant of Iron Hill next year and I need a better voice. And I think there's a conversation there about kind of appreciating where you are, you know, and what you have. And if you're really willing, that's why you said, if you're really willing to make that trade, it's not a theft. It's a long discussion, you said, and a long discussion of what you want and who you are. 
And I think that's kind of where it came from. She learned from these people and hearing these stories that are kind of similar to hers, where it's, I want what I want a different this. I want a different life. I want a different scenario. I want a different weapon of power. I want my 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 life to change from getting something that I don't have that you can yeah. someone can give to me. And I think that's where she learned to be okay where she is right now. And that, you know, one day she'll get where she wants to be, but where she is right now is kind of okay. Yeah. Other people are going through her shit too. Fuck. I like that. It's a good ending. That is a good ending. That is a really good ending. I feel like we hit it. We, we did it. We did it. Alundra Foxfire. Fuck. We did it. Yes. We Thank you it. for your prompt, Magical Girl Kira. That was amazing. I'm very happy. Thank you for your prompt. If you'd like to submit a prompt of your own to this podcast, which is awesome and amazing to do, there are amazing ways to do it. There sure are. You can tweet at us at AMFC underscore podcast using the hashtag fantasy children. You can email them to us at allmyfantasychildren at gmail.com. You can post them to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash allmyfantasychildren. Uh, you can post them to our Discord at bit.ly slash AMFC Discord. Or you can go to allmyfantasychildren.com and use the content submission form. Yeah, it's super easy. Check it out. Go to our website, allmyfantasychildren.com. And when you get there, you'll see links to our Discord, which you can come hang out and chat with everybody, hang out. Links to Bandcamp, our Patreon, a prompt submission form page, which is super easy to use. I can't stress that enough. Oh, did I say Patreon? Because of patreon.com slash allmyfantasychildren, there's a great way for you to support us with some hard-earned coin. It helps you unlock bonus features like All My Fantasy Secrets, early access to episodes, and access to cool notes that I've been posting from my notebook with, like, ideas that I have on the train and stuff. It's just cool if you like to see a peek behind the curtain and see how this sausage sort of gets made. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. I think it's pretty neat. You know what's also neat, Jeff? What's that? Party of One podcast. Got him. It's, it's, it's okay. It's, Damn, it's, I got roasted. Roasted. Fucking torched. Dunked See ya. On. Adios. Dunked on. <laughs> uh, Party of One is an actual play podcast focused on two-player role-playing experiences. Every week, I sit down with friends to play a two-player game. We share some laughs, maybe a few tears, and have a really good time. You can find episodes every Tuesday at partyofonepodcast.com. Yes. Is your Kickstarter still going, or is it done? Uh, no, it's, go- it's going. Uh, I'm also kickstarting Mission Accomplished for the next three weeks. Uh, Mission Accomplishes, the role-playing game of super spies and office meetings. You play a team of secret agents who have just killed the bad guy, saved the world, and come back in one piece. And now you have to sit down with management to hash out who gets the credit and who gets the blame. Uh, you, it is collaborative, satirical, and takes under two hours, including character creation. You can find that on Kickstarter right now. A uh, verbal hug. I got one. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of talking a little bit about Alundra, but also just about, like, where I'm at right now is that sometimes shit's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Sometimes life is gonna throw you some pretty wild curveballs. And I think that, you know, I think there's, it's okay to take a step back and say, I need to readjust some things. I need to kind of figure out where you are and say, I need to figure out where I am now that I have been dealt this curveball and now that, like, my life is in a different place. But I think it's also possible to take those events and say, well, okay, now it's time to make something new and different and better. And honestly, I think you're going to be okay. I think we're going to be okay. Because you know what? We're going to roll with the things that have happened and we're going to say, it's going to be better. It's this was this is an opportunity to make things better and to make my life better and make our lives better and make your life better. And I think that's a beautiful thing and i think that's it's it's worth you got to deal with it sometimes sometimes it takes that acknowledgement of like this is this is going to change things and it's going to be hard but it's going to be okay yeah that was awesome that was a good one well done thank you yeah i've been thinking a lot it's been an eventful week (laughs) yeah god you're not fucking joking um is that it i think that's it all right all right on that note good Good night night and good good game. game